What's going on, Survivors, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Badge. Man, what a show we have for you tonight. we got some special guests with us, long, long, long time friends of mine and long, long time friends of the show. We cannot wait to hear what they have to talk about tonight. I'll go over all the show topics here in just a second. All right, guys, tonight we're going to be talking about police officer and officer suicides. We have the absolute leading guy when it comes to this in the room with us, Mark DeBana over here and Jeff Wilbur. We really appreciate them coming to the show tonight. Mark's got 33 years experience in law enforcement. He does all kinds of stuff all over the United States to help folks that are going through these issues, and he'll talk more about that as we move along with the show. Jeff with 31, Camille with 25, John with over 20, and Ronnie, me with over 35. So about 200 years of experience in this room. <laughs> Just a little Lots yeah. of experience. Right. So first we're going to do one of the most important things, the beer moment. All right, and tonight we're going to be trying the... Isla Mirada Beer Company, Island Citrus Ale. A little late there, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, salute. Not bad. It tastes more like a soda. It is kind of soda-esque. But, but it, it's very light. Oh. Yeah, light. And Who's this from again? Isla Mirada. Oh, Isla Mirada. Okay, beer company. Good. All right, John, start us off. What's your, uh, what's your score there? One to ten. I'm going to give it a six. All right, Camille, how about five? Mark? I'm going with a five also. Okay. Well, 4.9. 4.9. Wow. <laughs> totally on the prices, the crowd, right? Yeah. Well, always I'm that going, guy. I'm going 4.8. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I see nothing's changed, Ron. This is beautiful. <laughs> and the actual score was 6.2, and the winner is John. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed there either. Always got to win. Right, right. right. And, uh, and speaking of uh, beer, this is brought to you by our sponsors, Kenny's Grocery, located at... French Avenue in 1792 in Orange City. So if you're interested in some different tasting beers and a wide selection, go to Kenny's Grocery located at 1792 in French Avenue in Orange City. And we have another sponsor. We do. First, let me get Kenny's up there. Oh, so did I go too fast? Sorry. <laughs> you, you were quick. You were really quick. I'm getting old. you gotta, you got to help a brother out here. So our second sponsor is going to be CNR Constructors, and we'd like to thank them they are a general contractor here in the state of Florida, and they do um, they do all kinds of remodels, uh, commercial build-outs, whatever you need built or remanufactured in your home or your business, these guys can do it. They are really phenomenal. All right. All right. So with that, we'll gonna, we're going to go into our uh, fallen officer salute moment. Uh, this year, uh, 2022, we've had, as of the numbers I checked today, 47 police officers killed in the line of duty. Uh, 12 by vehicle related, six uh, gunfire, and 28 COVID related deaths. Uh, last time I mentioned that I was going to be discussing different cases, um, I decided to go canine case. So we're going to discuss the case of canine out of Nebraska. It's uh, Nitro 2, a Dutch Shepherd. And I, I, re I was reading through these cases, and this one was uh, quite interesting. So February 8th. And we've only, we've had, I, I say only, but we've had three canines killed in the line of duty so far this year. Uh, this was one on February 8th. The uh, deputies of the uh, York County Sheriff's Office in Nebraska, they show up to a um, driver who's driving around erratic. It's late at night. They attempt to do a traffic stop, uh, refusing to stop, you know, the works, pursuit, all that, long to pursue, high speed. Uh, then he stops and he exits. And there's a commotion. In my reading, I couldn't figure out what exactly happened, but somehow this driver gets into the canine vehicle and takes off. So he steals the police car with the canine in it. Uh, another pursuit going through 
York County just doing its thing, doing all erratic high speeds again. And all of a sudden, he turns around and near where there's train tracks and a train, and he starts heading towards a vehicle that's waiting for a train, impacts that vehicle. That vehicle and a canine vehicle go into the train and killing everybody involved, including the canine dog. Yeah, so um, there's some really screwed up stuff out there. Uh, so I want to offer a salute to the officers who have passed this year and, and the canines who um, help us greatly. Salute. Rest salute. in peace. Salute. 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 All right, so like I said earlier, tonight is a very special show. We've been waiting to do this show for a very long time. Uh, Mark's just so busy all the time, traveling all over, helping people, that this is about the only time we could get together. And Mark, we really appreciate you being here, brother. It means well, a lot to us. Jeff, thank you. Actually, let's start with Jeff. For coming. Tell us a little bit about yourself, just a little bit of your experience and, and you know, the divisions you worked in and how many years and this and that. You don't have to give the agency, but, you know, whatever. You can just say the state, and then we'll let Mark do that and segue right into his thing. All right. Well, I started law enforcement in Massachusetts. We couldn't uh, tell. <laughs> I like to drop my eyes. And I worked a few years up there. Then we, myself, my brother, and Mark came down to Massachusetts, came down to Florida. And um, I worked in Polk County for a small agency there for a couple oh, of years. Wow, first, I didn't know that. Before we got on. And I'll tell you a little funny story. My aunt knew the sheriff up here at Seminole and said, hey, I can get you an interview with the sheriff. They need some people. I was just talking to them. She was pretty close with them. Was that Esslinger? Yeah, Esslinger was at the sheriff. And uh, we were like coming up from up north. The sheriff's office is just civil service and jails. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm very limited. Jail. Yeah. I said, that's not what I want to do. So we were like, now nah, we'll pass. Well, then we got on different police departments down there, Avon Park and, and Frostproof Police. We worked a couple of years and we understood that then that the sheriff's office was actually where you need to be. Yeah. Well, lot, yeah. well. well. So I worked there for a little while and then um, we actually all three came up to Seminole and, and got on the sheriff's office awesome. and uh, we actually started the same day and retired the same day from the sheriff's office. Hell yeah. So, and you got 31 years total in. Yep. I worked um, undercover canine for a while, undercover unit with the canine. So I, I remember that. Canine experience. Yeah, I remember so that. that for a while. Worked a few dogs, and then yeah. uh, I worked at FTO for a number of years. I worked on uh, human trafficking for the last five years of my career. Yeah, Florida's huge for that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the third highest in the in the country. Um, but it was very, it was actually very fulfilling. As much as I did in the drug unit, putting away drug dealers and putting them in prison for a long time and taking them off the street, there was nothing that fulfilled my career more than working the human trafficking. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah, yeah, hands absolutely. down. Yeah. And uh, just to hear some of the stories from the survivors and. It really changes your mind on the aspect of what law enforcement's about. Were you right. working with Mac doing that? Was he over there then, Steve Mac? He he did the um. He was against the right? children. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. did that side of it with okay. the um, gotcha. the traveling stuff, but we worked in conjunction with them. Gotcha, gotcha. On stuff, but we did the actual um, the girls being housed up and you right. know, sex prostitution right. and stuff with them. So I got to tell a funny story about this guy. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> so so we're we're in we're in traffic court. Okay. This is years ago. We're in traffic court. Never seen this guy ever in traffic court, right? You know me. I was a big traffic guru like you, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. whatever. So I'm sitting in traffic court. We're down there in uh, that city south of ours, and uh, here comes this guy. He's like, he's like freaking Wyatt Earp when he walks in. You know, <laughs> so, and I'm like, I'm like, look at this motherfucker in traffic court. What's up? So he comes in. Of course, we high five, you know, whatever. Now, was this the old courthouse where you had to sit sideways? When oh, you're oh, they all are. Oh, right. oh, yeah. oh they're all horrible. Oh, yeah. They all are. Oh, they're all sitting sideways because yeah. you can't. Yeah. The gun gets caught yeah. on, their, on the armrest. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. fighting for the loose chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Get out of here, security. Yeah. So this guy walks in, and he's back here. He's blah, 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 blah. And then already told everybody, okay, shit up. You know, we're getting started. <laughs> and here's Jeff. He can't whisper. He's like, so, yeah, whatever you're just fucking gay. <laughs> I turn around. I go, like this. And he goes, what? <laughs> so, so he's like, and then, and then, and then call his name, right? And they go, um, Deputy Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Deputy Walker. 
And somebody goes, <coughs> and he goes, yeah, over here. And he goes, he goes, we're going to give him blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, whatever. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. And then he goes right back to his conversation. And I'm like, I took a skip a beat up, Joe. Oh, my <laughs> hell no, man. You probably didn't even have to take a breath in this story. It was freaking awesome. I had good times so. with you on the road, man. Yeah. Lots of fun. When he showed up, I knew the shit was going to turn funny. It was great. It was a blast. All right, my next guest, we already introduced his name and all, but I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about himself. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I started my career in Massachusetts also. I still, I'm still a wicked pisser. I park my car. The whole, the whole, the whole nine yards. Yeah, my ass is really kicking in right now, too. Yeah. Uh, That's because you're around him. Well, there it is. Yeah, we're rubbing off on each other, you know? So I, I did eight years in Massachusetts. Uh, part of my duties in Massachusetts, I work for the Amtrak Police. Now, people don't know the Amtrak has a police department. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of a funny story about the Amtrak Police, if you don't mind saying. A lot of people know the Amtrak Police even exists. So we used to back up the city cops and all, all the time and the housing police and on and on and on. So one night we um, we get a call, the Boston Housing Police are getting shot at. We're like, oh, holy shit, you know? And so we're going lights and siren. And I was driving a paddy wagon that night. I jump out of the paddy wagon, I'm driving, my party gets out, we slam the door shut, and our windshield gets shattered by gunfire. We're like, oh my God, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And my party goes, shit got real. Well, my party goes, don't they know we're the Amtrak police? <laughs> <laughs> Why are they shooting no, at us? Oh, 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 why are you shooting at me, first of all? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on over here? We're for the rallies, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, wow, wow. So I did, eight, I did eight years in Massachusetts, moved to Florida with Jeff. Jeff actually moved a couple months prior to, uh, to uh, me moving to Florida. I did a year in Avon Park, um, did a year there, then came to Seminole. Uh, got promoted in 99, was a patrol, a career sergeant, never tested for lieutenant once, uh, was a field training officer, field training officer for... Um, for sergeants, taught the academy, and my big thing, like you, Ronnie, was uh, traffic. We're really, really big into traffic. This man led the DUI stats in the county for probably 15 years, solid. Him and a guy that worked for us, an older guy, Picklesheimer, were neck and neck Fuck every right. single year. Love, Salute love, to the Pickster. Love the pick. Yep, Salute yep. to the Pickster. Yep. Yep. And he's always a nice guy. Remember that line? I'm always, always a nice, nice guy. guy. Yeah. But, but, but. They did say I was, was a nice guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to tell, before Mark gets started, I'm going to tell a funny story on him. Oh, no. So we had a friend of ours. Is inspired? No. No. no, no. <laughs> so, so, so. I knew that was coming. <laughs> so so we're, we're doing, we're doing, um, or a friend of mine is a trooper. He stops, oh, he yeah, stops, yeah. You're on my ship list. Yeah, he stops yeah. with me, and he's off duty, right? He's in plain clothes. Angel. He, By the yeah, way, God rest his soul, too. God rest his soul, yeah. 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 But he, he stops. He's bullshitting with us, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And and uh, I hear Mark on, on the channel because I'm scanning, you know, and I hear Mark, and he's close. And I'm like, oh, I said, guys, we got to set this shit up. I said, we're going to set up Dabana. We're going to set him up. All right. I says, can you play a drunk? And the trooper goes, hell yeah. And I said, all right. <laughs> So he is a trooper. So, yeah, yeah. so, so I call him. I go, hey, uh, can you can you can you can you meet us down here at the uh, cemetery? He goes, yeah, yeah, sure. So he meets us down there. Mark gets out. I'm like, look, I ain't taking him, man. I, you know, Mark hadn't quite made sergeant yet. I think this is a year before he did, and I I was had just made sergeant maybe a year before, or whatever. So I said, I ain't taking him, man. I need to be on the road. And he goes, oh, no, no problem. I said, he goes, how about is he? And I said. I don't know, man. He's freaking slurring his words. You can't hold it. You can't, you know. Okay, fine. So he goes up and talks to him. <laughs> I know and Mark, exactly you go Mark looks back at me and he goes, he goes, oh, like this. And I'm like, this guy hasn't had a drop this whole thing. <laughs> and I, go, I go, do you smell anything? He goes, no, nah, it's weird. I don't smell anything. He goes, but dude, he's soused. Maybe it's vodka or something. I don't know. Maybe this guy's hammered. I'm taking his ass. So he gets him out. He's doing the test. And of course, you know, the troopers are like, hanging all over. And he goes, all right, sir, I need you. I said, okay, hold on, hold on before we put a hand on you. But if you remember, Roddy. <laughs> Also, I called for a tow truck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I canceled the tow truck. Yeah. I explained to my sergeant why I canceled it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and all you had to say was Ronnie Gregory. Yeah. We got that. Yeah. 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 So he says, Enough said. He looks at me and he goes, you motherfucker. And I said, 
Gotcha! So it was great. And man. if you remember, I said to you, we have a long way to go to yeah. retire. And I'm Italian, and I don't forget. And I saw you forgot. That's all I'm saying. Dude, yeah. It was great for No, that was good. That was, you was you got me, man. That was kudos right. to you, man. It was you, great time. Yeah, it was, man. That's good shit. All right, so Mark, let go ahead and tell us a little about what what you've been doing for the past couple of years since you've been retired. And then if you want to go into you know, anything specific, please do so. But mainly, we just want to hear about what you've been doing for the last two years to help folks. Okay. Well, I just started an organization a year ago. It's called Protecting the Guardian. Uh, there's four members of us. There's myself, and uh, you'll know one member, Teresa, who is Mark Smock. You know, oh, Mark Smock, yeah. his daughter, who, who yeah. Mark died by suicide. Yeah. Um, and a mental health professional, Nick, out of Chicago, and another uh, a retired Connecticut trooper, Ron Clark, out, awesome. of, uh, out of Connecticut, who's amazing people. So... What our organization does, we do presentations uh, for mental health, wellness, and suicide prevention for law enforcement, or all first responders. And uh, besides COVID, suicide is actually the number one killer for uh, first responders, yes. which is heartbreaking, totally heartbreaking. Um, so I do presentations, we do peer support training, uh, awareness, and we're, we're, you know, we're in an emergency stage, only about a year that we've got the organization going, but uh, I... Not brag, I, I travel all around the country uh, talking about, about these the serious topics. Do you want to give them like um, your website sure, and sure. Uh, email or whatever? Absolutely. You... Actually, I'll give a nice little plug. It's protectingtheguardian.com, yeah. and my email is mark at protectingtheguardian.com. That's mark at protectingtheguardian.com. Is that M A A? Yeah. It's one A. It's not M A A U K. It's M A R K at protectingtheguardian.com. So, any personal experiences that you can, you know, elaborate without names, or, or if you don't want to do that, that's absolutely perfectly fine. Yeah, along those lines, what, what got you into this? Well, I'll, I'll say exactly what got away because I'm very open about it. I had two suicide attempts uh, in, in my career. Uh, I kept it very hushed up, very quiet. Um, I'm diagnosed with PTSD, depression, and anxiety, and compassion fatigue. <clears throat> um, since being, being coming off the job, I'm 100% better than I was on the job. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not here to bash agencies or bash departments, but law enforcement's toxic. That's it the is. bottom line, and we eat our own. Absolutely. I, 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 you know, and I, I feel bad saying that. There are good administrators out there. There are good officers out there, but unfortunately, the, the bad always the good. Mental health is huge in law enforcement. And when I went through my struggles, and one of my struggles was I had a baby die in my arms while I was doing CPR. I went to 9/11. Um, spent three weeks up there. Um, and, and I'm very open about it. And I was a victim of uh, child sexual abuse when I was a kid by a police, by a police officer. Oh, um, so, so I had a lot of trauma in my life. And then, it, and then I was working for a micromanager uh, lieutenant who just didn't get it. That's the bottom yeah. line. His job, his his job was to make my life miserable for me. And Ronnie, you and I go back a long time. I was never a yes man. No, you know, I, no. I said it like it was. No. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why we got yes, along yes, so well. Yeah, 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 absolutely, brother. <laughs> Amen on that. You know, and that was our demise, also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, sir. It but was. Uh, but we can see we can all that his proud, can't we? I put my head on the pillow every night, Amen. knowing that I did the right thing for every cop that I ever worked with yep. and worked and that worked under me. Yep. Put my head on the pillow. Oh, I still get texts every day from officers that work for me asking questions. Hey, I need to talk to somebody, and I freaking call them back like that fast. Yep. I mean, that that's just what you got to be. So. Well, I mean, I mean, your reputation speaks for itself. That's that's the bottom line. It takes obviously take as, take as a compliment. Yep. You know, granted, we're old guys, but we're still in the game. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and young cops are listening right now. The to the older guys because we we know what time it is. Absolutely. You know, that, so, getting back to my story, so. Um, I was um, I got a real bad evaluation. Was recommended to be demoted. Um, I went. I started going through a major depression stage. I gained a ton of weight. I went up to about almost two hundred ninety pounds. When I stress, I'm a, a binge eater. I, I'm a stress eater. Love my donuts. You know, love the Big Macs. Yeah, the are, are, are yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, I always eat a free half price yeah. too. So you know, that goes without saying. We don't like those at all. No, no, no. no. Hate them. Hate them. Hate them. What do donuts like taste like? I've never yeah, had a donut. I think it's a round little thing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. By the way, just so you know, my hometown of Quincy, Massachusetts, was the first Dunkin' Donuts ever built. Just, just throwing some, yeah. just throwing some useless trivia out there. So see, you were bred to be a donut eater. Well, I'm gonna go a step further with it. I was sworn in for a Braintree Mass Police Department on June 6th, which was National Donut Day. Uh -huh. That's a true story. Okay. And I retired April Fool's Day. As we know, God himself a cops and fools. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so by the way, if y'all are wondering, 
and, and I busted his ass when he first walked in. I said, no 80s hair bands in the group. <laughs> Mark, yeah, Mark is living the dream. I mean, Jeff would have done that too, but I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought easy on him so far. I just, I just so you know. Actually, I've gone easy on all you motherfuckers. <laughs> And you know I can bust him up pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Know, that's a wig, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a weave. <laughs> He's got weave. Yes. So, so, Mark, who who got you help? So what happened was, and you'll know this, you, and everybody in the circle will know this this person. Uh, when the day I decided I wanted to die by suicide, I actually wrote a suicide note that night. Um, hung it off my rearview mirror, said a prayer. Uh, back then, I'm going to bring Christianity in for a second, if you guys don't mind. Oh, that's uh, fine. I was Catholic back then, right. and uh, Catholics believed suicide is damaging the soul, you're not going to go to heaven. So I was mad at God also, uh, especially when the baby died in my arms. I was just like, you know, you've got to be kidding me here. Yeah, yeah, why'd you uh, let this happen? Why, why'd this happen? Absolutely. Yeah. And then the doctor actually said to me at, at, at CFR, it's called the Book of Life, and if you're a Christian, you understand the Book of Life. My answer to him was, that's bullshit. You know, why is God taking a four-year-old, um, four-month-old baby? Right. You know, it's just wrong in so many ways. So after I wrote my suicide note, uh, my wife was on my back constantly. You got to get some. You get some help, and I just said I can't get help because I'm going to get fired if I get help. Uh, the stigma. Uh, I, afraid, I was afraid my agency wasn't going to back me. Uh, I was afraid they were going to put me on the rubber gun squad. They were going to uh, reassign me, demote me, whatever. So I just I just held the pain in for months and months and months. So I got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. And you guys can remember one thing: suicide is not about dying; it's about stopping the pain. Right. Um, so right. bring back Christianity for a second. So when I said my prayer, uh, I said to God, hey, listen, I know I'm Catholic and I'm not going to go into heaven if I, if I die by suicide or I am going to die by suicide. But I'll work the front gate. I won't charge a detail rate. You'll throw me a donut. We'll call it even. Yeah, 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 so, you know. And when Jeff gets here, he's my partner on the other yeah, side. Yeah, no, he's not kidding. Are you kidding me? I know, I know so much shit about him. He's not kidding. <laughs> well, Mark would be there. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Another, one, another one. God rest his soul. Yeah, God right. rest his soul. We lost Mark's brother several years back. Yeah, now. I yeah. mean, Jeff's brother, yeah. Mark. Several years ago, I worked with Mark, yeah. Mark and yeah. he was freaking awesome. You think this guy's not? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, he's in heaven right now eating at the Chinese buffet because that, <laughs> that, was, that was his thing. You know? so, so I uh, I put the gun in my mouth and uh, I said, here it goes. And I literally was squeezing the trigger. Um, and it was very calming, which just sounds kind of weird to say that. And to this day, I can still taste the metal in my mouth and I'm not being triggered by any means. <clears throat> and Craig McGee pulled up. Gregor. Yeah, the Whopper. The yeah, Whopper. A beautiful man. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful person. He talked me down. So he said to me... His picture is still at... At Keller's. At Keller's. Yeah, Keller's yeah, on yeah, the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah, another one, God rest his soul. Yeah. Boy, is everybody dying yeah. around us or oh, what? Yeah, you know? That's why I keep drinking whiskey. I'm hoping to thin all this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Look for today. Bro, you hear long smoke weed, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do have my marijuana card, by the way. Everybody's yeah. retired. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so, you can borrow that. Uh, anyway. We can probably work out something. <laughs> so I, uh, Craig talked me down. I went home. Um, I, I, Craig said to me, I'll give you one or two options. Either get help or I'm going to Baker Act you. And I said, you know, Baker Act, I'm going to lose my job. Craig, please don't do that to me. His initial brother, Craig, was. He said, I'm not going to report you. I'm going to really believe you're going to get help. And I'm going to call you in the morning. So I went home early that night. Made a BS story up. Had suicide thoughts again. Uh, put the gun back in my mouth at my pool. Then I thought about my wife, the trauma that I'd leave behind. I thought about Jeff, my friends, my brothers, and all that stuff. And I said, shit, I, I, I got to get some help. This, this, is, this is not good. So I called uh, a buddy of mine, and he got me in the Boston Police Stress Unit, which is their peer support unit. I was Baker Acted, actually, in Massachusetts. Uh, went through it. I, I spent my four or five days there. Came back to Florida. But here's the problem. I came back to Florida. I became very angry, right. extremely, extremely angry. And Jeff knows this story. We were at a training class where there was an instructor talking about uh, mental health I gotta be honest with you, he, he was way off base. And I took that as an insult and I got up and spoke and pissed off the whole room because I dropped the F bomb about a hundred times. So anyways, no, no, was, yeah, yeah, it was, was, it, was yeah, it a room of cops? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were actually we're offended. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is before the this day and age, you know. So um, I just said to myself, you know, I'm not the only cop that's ever struggled. There's no there's absolutely no way. So I, I found a therapist and gave her a shout out, Jamie Bridges. She's an amazing person, retired OPD. Um, she got me. She got me to where I need to be, and um, so now I just said myself, I gotta help my brothers and sisters. So, 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 what? Ha how do we get past? Let's say you have a great administration who wants to help the officers. 
obviously it's going to be an internal thing. How do we how do we convince officers to reach out for that help? Yeah, and I can tell you, Camille, that, that's that's an amazing, good question. It's very difficult because what now is happening now is we're throwing out good officers, right? Officers that that can be salvaged, that just need some time off, uh, maybe medication, Absolutely. obviously therapy, and you can move on from from that. You know, I worked eleven years with PTSD, and there was some shitty days and some good days, but we we got to show the officers first of all, the agents got to show the officers that they have their back. Right. So I'm going to say this for, as an example. You go to work and you get shot and you're in the emergency room and the chief of police, the sheriff, the captains all come down. Hey, you know, Camille, you come back to work whenever you're ready, brother. We got your back on and on and on. They but don't with, do the same for they, mental health. You just, read, you just read my mind. They don't do the same for mental no, health. You know what they're thinking? Risk management. Absolutely. We're going to get rid of this person. He's a liability. She's a liability. And that's wrong. That's just totally wrong. When suicide outnumbers, besides COVID, outnumbers line of duty deaths. The FBI would call that a clue. That's right. that's that's just wrong. And here we are in 2022, and we're still this is like new, and it's not it's not new. So we have to Definitely encourage not. officers to, 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 to speak out and to get help. And it, it's okay. And it's cliche as it sounds, it's okay not to be okay. So right now, if let's say an officer does approach administration, say, I'm, I have these thoughts, and I'm on the verge of doing this. What's the protocol? What's the average protocol for agencies, and and what happens to that officer who's honestly seeking some type of help? Well, it's it's twofold. One, a lot of agencies will put up put them on admin leave. I, I I'm okay, I'm okay with the admin leave, uh, but yeah, as you know, when people are on admin leave, the rumors are flying everywhere and oh, all, yeah, all that absolutely. stuff. You know, I mean, cops the worst bullshitters ever. Right. Um, so they so so the advice I would say, or the thing I would say is this: is that get this officer in their comfort zone. Get get them the help they need. Give them the time off, and and then they they, they but they have to soul search also. Right. Um, but just show the officers. The bottom line is they have their backs. You know, agencies buy bulletproof vests, buy tasers, guns, scope rifles, all this crap to for physically to protect people. Why are we protecting them mentally? And remember what they we got all this room, all this circle right here. We're all fighting demons. Everyone is personal, professional. We could all close our eyes right now and think of that one call mm-hmm. that broke our hearts. Yep. Or, oh, yeah. or, or that triggered us. And right now, there's on average, there's 100,000 cops in the United States, active cops, that are diagnosed with PTSD. Now, I say it's for a reason, diagnosed. Those are the ones that actually went to a mental health professional and said, yeah, you do have PTSD. The numbers are much higher than that. So I was going to say, so undiagnosed is probably... A hundred times, oh, easy, that. Easy, at least a hundred times, maybe more. Anybody who's on the job, any amount of time, is going to have. I mean, you, you and I went out to that lady who was hit by the semi. I mean, just that kind of stuff. And then I worked child pornography cases, and oh, I, that's I, still, still today, you know, you I, you know, you put it away, but you, you, it will never go away. And there's just always this, always this. It's there. Like you said, we're, we're all fighting demons. And I responded to a traffic crash in town, and uh, I get there, and it says <clears> motorcycle, <throat> and I'm almost there, and they say, it's a police motorcycle. Well, I arrive, and it's, it's Timmy. My, one of my best, I grew up with a kid. We've known each other since we were nine years old. Right. And I show up, and there he is laying on the ground like this with, with fluid coming out of his ear, and he's seasoned and everything else, and I'm holding him, and I'm crying, and I'm trying to set up an LZ and everything else. Because we only had like freaking nine cops in the whole agency back then. There's only two, ten, eight, or in, in service. So you know, and, and I'm holding my best friend in the whole world dying in my arms. And thank God he made it. You know, he came out of it and everything else, and, and no irreparable damage other than lost hearing in his ear. But I mean, did the know, did the agency do anything for you? Say <laughs> say. <laughs> So no, you, hey, you know, come on, go get your next call. Yeah. You know, what's, what's wrong let me you? go to the hospital. Yeah. And let me stay at the hospital until it was all over, until, you know, he was basically sedated with, you know, a Tom Turkey Popper in his head, waiting for his head to pop off because he had brain damage and everything else. And I, I was back to work. I think it was next day was my day off. The very next day after that, I was back to work. I didn't talk to nobody. And all I could do was sit on the corner in my cop car and go, we didn't have cell phones back then. We're talking 19, I think it was 1991. I have a cell phone back then. 19 or 1891. Shit, (laughs) Ed. So I'm sitting there, and and all I can think about is he okay, is he okay, is he okay, is he okay? And I kept going back to the station and calling, you know. But nobody got with me. Nobody did anything. It was terrible. So so 30 years later, are agencies doing any better? They are. Actually, they are. Most agencies have a peer support unit, uh, which which is good. But let me talk a little bit about peer support for a second. 
there's two there's two elements of peer support. Number one, uh, I'm a I, I'm a big advocate for peer support. A peer support unit should be a proactive unit, okay, not a deactive. His, his, well, so the, they would have they would have reached out to, to to Ronnie and say, they should, hey, yes. is your friend? Let's let's yep. whatever. Let's go talk. Let's yeah. go instead of instead of waiting for him to come to them. Exactly, yes, exactly. And, we, and peer support is also awareness. You know, again, we go back to the uh, this is the number one killer of law enforcement besides COVID. So peer support, you know, should be doing healthy wellness checks. They should be going to roll call briefings and saying, hey, listen, we lost a cop a couple of days ago to suicide. This is when to see what happened. If you need help, here's your resources. Absolutely. And I will and I will say this, as the more I get involved in this, if you're looking to seek uh, mental health assistance, go to a, uh, a mental health professional that's related to first responders or military. Okay. That Absolutely. Type of thing, because they get it. And I'm not, there's no disrespect to any other mental health professionals. Don't take it the wrong way. But my, my, my therapist was 16 years on the job. So do you find that most of those health professionals have experience in that field? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah so they, they know what you're saying. They, know they, 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 they do. Okay. I, I absolutely do. But we, we, we got to do a better job of taking care of our own. Right. And, and it, it's a, such a taboo subject uh, that nobody wants to talk about. It's, it's, the, it's the elephant in the room. And I can think on, on two hands how many... People I've known that's died by so, suicide. So, Mark, what would you recommend for a coworker, not administration, but a coworker who's starting to see something like with their own partner or something? With their own partner, or they've heard a little something, right? right? Yeah. You know, so you know, I mean, something's just not right. You know, I mean, obviously, I don't want to go to the admin because Camille's looking what. Something's doing something because he's going to get fired, or he's made little hints, or, you know, or something. Yeah. So, what would you recommend for a coworker? Okay, I call it the difficult conversation. And what I mean by the difficult conversation is this: when we go, we go into domestics. We tell people how to run their marriages, pretty much. We mm-hmm. we do death notifications. So why can't how to we raise their kids? How to raise their kids? Uh, yeah, how to take them to school? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's politically correct? Not politically correct? Yeah, you know, all, all that stuff. You know. Yeah. So, if we're having a difficult conversations on calls and with civilians. We should have a difficult conversation with each other. With our own, right? We, you know, this is all we got. And I don't mean yeah. this in a bad way. We have our families and our loved ones, absolutely. But if you've never actually done the job, you don't get it. You don't know. Right. You, you, you don't, do you, not you, get it. You don't get it. You don't get it at all. So being you're working side by side, and I know, yeah, you're not yourself. You're not joking around much or anything like that. We can have that come. Hey, bro, everything okay? I can help you with? Right. And, and just have yeah. that conversation. It doesn't have to go with the administration. It could be something, hey, yeah, I've just had a couple of bad days or I'm having marriage problems or... Yeah, I really screwed up on that call the other day, or hey, I think I'm in trouble, and on and on. That's that's where the brotherhood comes Absolutely. in. Man. This is what we signed up for. We signed up for the brotherhood, man. You know. Well, hold on. We did. We, we did. did. Old school well, guys. Can, old can school. I ask you a question, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Coming from Boston, right? Right. I'm from up north. I'm from Jersey. Yep. What is it? That's the yeah. Dude, I've asked him that like a thousand thousand times. I'm not trying to knock the South or Florida, but no, you can. It's you're right. What you're gonna say? <laughs> yeah, I think brotherhood is different. Yeah, here, where's my gun? It is different. Yeah, it's totally, it's it totally different. When we came down, even back then, when we came down to Florida and got on with these agencies, it was noticeably different. Right. It was, it was, I was like, why isn't it like up north? And not to compare the two, like right. up north, it should be that way. But the brother exactly. was well, different. Let me ask you this. Um, I know in Florida, <laughs> we have one, one vehicle, one man units. Yeah. Are, uh, would that make it, I mean, uh, in Massachusetts, uh, well, did they have two cars? That, I mean, that kind because of you really, on, when that, you're with somebody 12 hours, you really. Sure. And I, and I get that. And that's probably more clicky-ish. Okay. You'd be closer to the certain people on your squad. Or, yeah person you work with and have better knowledge of them because you're with them every day right but even with one-man vehicles you still meet up mm-hmm. after each call you yeah still absolutely. Go and hang out and stuff like that absolutely. Yeah. even throughout my career down here i had close-knit friends but nothing like up north if you did something up north someone would go rat on you or rat on you but tell on you Rats fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was understood. You can I mean, take care of your problems on your shift. Yeah. If I had no idea who you were, but I knew you were on the job, yeah, I had your back. Yes. Okay, but down here, it's like I don't care. The yeah. cop's a cop. Yeah. Well, and I think but, a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. Good. But I'm just saying that, unfortunately, I don't see. I didn't see that same brotherhood down here. Now, I wasn't no. law enforcement up here. I was a volunteer firefighter, so I saw a lot of. 
cop, you know, I dealt with a lot of cops up there, but I just knew there was a, a different type of brotherhood than when now, I came. Now down there here. was like, like I met Ronnie what ninety one, I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and we were friends right off since yeah. then. Yeah. So I had relationships with people that I trusted, mm-hmm. but I didn't have it like up north. Didn't matter, like you said, if you knew somebody or didn't know somebody, you guys watched out for each other. Even right. if you hated that person, you would be the first one to back them. Here's what I think a lot of the issue is, is up north, you have generations of cops. That's a good point. I mean, you have grandfather, yeah. great-grandfather, father, son, you know, whatever. You have generation. So you have someone to teach you how to freaking be a cop. You know what I'm saying? You get down here, and you just don't have... I did, because my dad was a cop for almost 30 years. So I had that. <clears throat> And I was raised under that. And, and even if you don't, I think it depends on, you know, you got agencies. There, there's five men or women, whatever, agencies all over the United States. They, they're actually the majority yeah. of the agencies are like 10 or less. Smaller agencies, yeah. right. So you have these agencies where they may not even see their freaking partner. Their only partner is another deputy from another county or another city, you know, officer from another city. Who was in the same boat? He ain't got nobody to, to fall back on. So I think they kind of, you know, oh, the academy told us we got to do this. Where you and I, and, and, and I don't know about, well, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I, I'd say, hey, Dad, you know, what do you think about this? And he's like, screw that. That's bullshit. You ain't doing that bullshit. And I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks, thanks. I told my dad, he told me to sell him insurance. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom was a correctional officer, so she she felt, you know, I, I could talk to her about criminal justice and, and uh, in Absolutely. general, and she understood. But So she said, put him in solitary. Yeah. <laughs> when I was with an agency up here in, in uh, Volusia, I actually took several folks over to the jail that his mom was at. Had no, I didn't know him yet. So years later, and he's like, oh, yeah. I said, Mrs. Long? What? That was your mom? That was, was your mom. Like, Tough lady, man. The, the, the funny thing is, my, I drove my first, my first cop the job. Branch jail. My mm-hmm. first cop job, I drove a paddy wagon. You mentioned uh-huh. paddy wagon yeah. earlier. Yeah. And she would call the station before cell phones. And they yeah. said, you got a, what is it, a 42 and a half or whatever from the jail. Yeah, yeah. So I, and I'd say, hey, yeah, what? Uh Stop by Krispy Kreme and bring us some donuts on your way out here. <laughs> so I pull in my patty. I can have four or five. You know, it, they're like, "Oh, we're getting donuts." No, there's that word again. What are donuts? Yeah. yeah. So, so um, you didn't go over your numbers. Oh um, uh, no. So and I'm going to put that up on yeah, the screen. Yeah. Um, I, I I. So this is uh, it's Blue Help, right? Yeah, that's what organization I used to be with. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I looked this up, and I, I've looked this up in the past. And uh, 2000, 2019 seemed to be really bad. Two hundred forty seven, and then it seemed to drop uh, in twenty twenty to one eighty, and then it looks like it's trending in a decent direction. Right. What What are we doing to bring these numbers down? I think we're doing more awareness would be my, my guess. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, it, it's just we're, we're, in a, we're in a generation of social media and things like that. So I, I think that maybe some of the, um, I really hate to say this, but maybe like the old school cops that like, I'll yeah. oh, just have a beer, don't worry about your problems right. or anything like right. that. They're kind of fading away now. They did this. They did, well, just nothing wrong with this. This is quiet yeah. practice, man. Quiet practice. Yeah, yeah, we had some good times, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a form of therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, unless somebody's taking a video. That could be. We had that conversation <laughs> earlier. Yeah, yeah, rap bastard. Yeah, so, rap yeah. bastard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was looking at this number, and what surprised me, it, it was profession by years of service, law enforcement, 16 years, firefighters, 15 years, EMS, 12 years, dispatchers, three years, average, um, uh, years of service before uh, committing suicide. Right. And and that, that just goes to wow. show how, how stressful the dispatching wow. position well, yeah, is. And they're forgotten. Right. Right. I, yeah. I do want to throw a shout out to dispatchers. Absolutely. Because, uh, number one, I told every one of my dispatchers I was scared to death to do their job. I would, I would never do it. Because, you know, I mean, I was willing to get into a gunfight. I used to run into fires. I don't care. But I don't want to sit behind a phone and have zero control over what's going on. And these dispatchers have to talk to these people, have to talk to family members who are trying to talk their loved ones. Stay on the line. When you're in crisis. And I I can understand that because 
I, I could ne- there is no way I could ever handle oh, no. being on the phone listening to half the crap that dispatchers have to. Yeah, have it's, to a t- it's a tough job. It's I, a thankless job. In 1983, um, the agency that I became a cop at hired me because my dad and my brother both worked there. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. They they hired me as a part time dispatcher, and this was at the at the city anyway. It was pre 911. So when people called in and they're going, get the fucking cops over here. They're fucking shooting us. We had no caller ID. <laughs> we had no screen that told us where they were at. So unless they, you could get them to talk to you and tell you where they were at, you had no freaking clue. I would just keep the radio and go, I have a caller on the line advising that there are shots fired and they're being shot at. And I remember this clearly. And I can't tell you where it's coming from. Stand by. Meanwhile, I've got the other phone line, and I'm going to the phone company. Can you trap and trace this line so we can find out where it came from? I've got somebody calling saying they're being murdered. And, oh, my God, the phone company back then are like, wow, sir, we're going to have to verify them. And it took forever. So finally, you know, a good dispatcher, and they are, and we will all agree, a good dispatcher is Priceless. It's your lifeline. Yeah. Buddy, yeah. I would give them everything I could give them. I would bring them stuff in the dispatch center. I would give them a break to go potty. I mean, whatever I could do to help my dispatchers. And you know what? I always had an awesome relationship with every dispatcher on my shift because I treated them like a human. Absolutely. You know, you got cops up there like, I said Seminole that it yeah. was... You know, hey, it's tasteless. It's, it's, it, is yeah, tasteless. it is tasteless. It absolutely yeah. is. To you new officers, don't make that mistake. Do not treat your dispatchers like crap. They will remember. Even <laughs> if you have a shitty brand new or just a shitty dispatcher, they're not going to be there that long. They will get some training. Just bear with it because somebody's listening in your dispatch comm center and they'll correct it or they're writing it down or they're taking care of it. So. Yeah. Just deal with it. Keep your cool because they are a lifeline. I couldn't have done the job without them. No reason to be a dick. If you do lose your cool, apologize. You know, go back and tell them, hey, this is Many times. That's on me. Hey, sorry. This is what I was going through. I don't know what you're going through in there because, you know, I mean. So, funny funny dispatch story. I'm out on I 4 and and it's misty, dewy. You know, you remember I 4 used to get. Right. Car's covered in dew, right? And I look at the... I'm trying to read this damn VIN off this abandoned vehicle. And I'm, I'm reading it, and they go, uh, no record found. No record found. <sighs> so finally, I get it all cleaned off, and I said, I keyed up, and I go, okay, dispatch, I've got it wiped off. Give it to me like I gave it to you. And I just unkeyed the mic, and I just shut it down. And and all of a sudden you hear clickety click. Yeah, everybody's popping it. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden everybody comes (laughs) up in my seat, and they go, "And what do you have wiped off, Sarge?" And I went, "Get the fuck out of here!" Go back to his home. Go back to his home. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was the second music pop in. Let's go back to yeah. So back to the. I had another so. Um, you mentioned uh, Baker Act. So what happens, because I never worked admin, I was always um, investigation. What happens if an officer now gets Baker Act because of this? Well, they're, gonna, they're obviously going to have to go to fit for duty. So so when they get done with their 72 hours of being Baker Acted, they're going to have to uh, go now go to EAP, this police assistance program, right. and they'd be fit, uh, fit for duty or not fit for duty. So, so you're climbing that ladder. So if you now, if you ruled not fit for duty, you're going to be on admin leave, hopefully, till you get better. What protections does the officer have when they they come in and they say, "Listen, I need this," and they get back corrected, administrative leave is are, are they protected in this? It, same question. I just want to make sure Baker Act is in Florida. That's a protective right. custody. Okay. Yeah. I just right. want to make sure for those of you who are not in Florida. Right. Yeah. Right. So a, a Baker Act is a voluntary or involuntary commitment for 72 hours for a mental health evaluation. Up to up 72 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. So, so what protections does the officer have in this situation? Well, I mean, can they just, I mean, is there, do they even have a protection or can the officer, because you mentioned earlier risk management, can the agency say, uh, yeah, no. 
Well, you have to look at the administrative's eyes for a second. Uh, and obviously, it gets Baker Acted for a mental health issue, a suicide attempt, or depression, PTSD, or something like that. That officer's you know, carrying a gun, obviously has the ultimate authority to take somebody's life and also take somebody's freedom. So that's huge. So you have to be mentally sound for those for those officers. So I understand why they're placed on admin leave. And, 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 you know, and I agree with it. You can't just, oh, you're okay, go back go back to work. Yeah, right. safety yeah. for the oh, citizens. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, but now if officers rule unfit for duty, uh, that does fall under HIPAA. Right. Um, and there are a lot of in-house treatment centers now uh, all around the country for, for first responders and military, but they will have to ride that storm out. Okay. That, that's the bottom line. But the problem is, is and I've, see, I've seen this, this is what I've been told, and, and I agree with it also, what's the number one stress of law enforcement? comes from the agency. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it, comes from, it comes from the agency. And most lieutenants. <laughs> I never had any stress on the job. I mean, other than the immediate, you know, sure, sure. I'm going to get killed stress. Right, right. But what came from the agency? Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And maybe my wife. <laughs> Just kidding, babe. <laughs> She's another one going, yeah, okay. <laughs> She's talking this stuff right now. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you can ride with somebody else. Yeah, right. Yeah. A couple episodes, we talked about two deputies. I, I forget if it was Hillsborough or where. The officer um, attempted committed suicide this past New South. Year's. Uh, yeah. St. Lucie County. Yeah. St. Yeah. Lucie, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they had and to take him off life support, and then his girlfriend ended up um, committing suicide after that. Right. Now, the, the sheriff made a statement about increasing uh, uh, health uh, awareness and an app, and, and it, it's just a sad situation. So where, where can these officers immediately get? Is there an app out there? Because I, I didn't look it up. Remember we talked about that? Yeah. yeah. That, actually, actually, I'm going to remember while you're refreshing my mind, look at my notes here for a second. There's an app called Here For You Blue. Okay. Here For oh, You Blue. It's, really? a, it's, a, it's a telemed. Uh, you can sit in your cruiser and talk to a mental health professional right on that. I, I, wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's here that's, for you, blue. Here for you, blue. Okay. Yeah. There's also another one called Back the Blue. Okay. And I'm just looking at my notes and, 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 and those will help the officer who's in crisis immediately talk yep. to somebody who um, can, can help them at that moment. Right. A- okay. Absolutely. Yep. And then, obviously, if you're in crisis... They can immediately get you assistance. Okay, um, and that's and that's that's where a lot of officers have the fears if they they call one of these apps or they go to their coworkers or their bosses and say, "Listen, you know," and next thing you know, it, oh my God, my gun was just taken away from me. I'm never going to be a cop again. So that's what that's and, and also the stigma of mental health also is huge too. Now, do the the, the mental health professionals who are help on these apps do they have any reporting um, requirements to the agencies? No, because because mental health falls under HIPAA. HIPAA right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so no, but but again, if you're in crisis, that's a whole different story. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, we want to get help immediately. Right. Right. But if you want your help like the next day or, or something like that, they're not obligated to call the agency. However, but if they feel you're unfit for duty, right? Uh, they're not going to take on that liability, obviously. Of and that and, right. and that leads me to say liability. That's what agencies think of people that are struggling with mental health illnesses is liability, liability, liability. And I, I understand liability. But there are a lot of good officers that aren't working anymore that should still be working. I've got it on the screen now. Here for you, Blue. Yeah. And that's an app, guys. So if you need a reference, just come back to this video, pop it up. We are at about 48 minutes in. Just, you know, pop it up and look at it. And uh, that's awesome. And I'm going to put a comment and a link down below for your organization that you're working yep, for I appreciate that. and your email if you don't mind oh, absolutely. absolutely i'll put your yep. email in in yep. the link for the video uh mark is always available do we have any more questions yeah as an officer not an agency mm-hmm. how can they get you to come out and give a presentation just contact me at uh, protecting the guardian or my email one or the other i'm the one actually i'm like our, our webmaster for our mm-hmm. uh, for our website and we, we more than happy to come in okay we uh you know we, we do the right thing we're, we're not okay. in it for, we, let me make this perfectly clear we are not in it for the money mm-hmm. that's, that's have you had money. agencies come in and give a talk oh yeah oh, I, I've, been, I've been to several several years. in fact i just got back two weeks ago from duluth minnesota okay minus 22 degrees was it cold oh. there yeah, it was, yeah yeah paquito yeah yeah yeah, yeah. give me the name of the organization again uh protecting the guardian protecting with an in or protecting uh, in. protecting <laughs> is my boss in action protecting the guardian 
Uh, all right. So, do you have any final words that you'd like to um, um, impart in this episode before we wrap it up? Absolutely. Well, first of all, there's also another organization that's based out of Orlando called Blue Line Support. Uh, that's manned by uh, uh, officers also. Um, and there's also Cop Line is another one. Uh, okay. Those are those manned by officers also. So, I'm going to say that to say this is it's okay not to be okay. If you're struggling with an issue, you're only human. That's that's the bottom line. And I, I tell my story for a reason. I don't tell my story for pity or, hey, that guy, no. went through, that guy went through a lot of crap or, or anything like that. I want to reach out and say, listen, this can happen to anybody. I am an alpha male. I like to bust balls. I like to joke around like anybody else can. When, when I tell people I hit two suicide attempts, you, you're the, you're the class clown. You're, you're, and I, I struggle. This stuff is real. It can happen to anybody. Never, ever, ever be embarrassed to seek help. And that's what we're here for. The Brotherhood is here for that, to help each other. Absolutely. And along that note, we said it last show, if you ever find yourself in a situation where, man, I just need somebody to talk to, I get email alerts. Camille does. Yep. We, we get email alerts on YouTube. When somebody puts a comment, you can put, call me. You know, I'll figure out how to get a hold of you or send us a Facebook message on Messenger at Surviving the Badge. Direct I message. Will, so absolutely. Direct started. message. I will call you immediately. Our email is retiredcopsrule at gmail.com. Send us an email. You know what? I will call you. and I will get out of my meeting, whatever I'm in, because, yeah, I do have a part-time job. <laughs> and, and I will call you immediately and I will then refer you to Mark, and Mark will get you in touch with the people that you need to be in touch with. So don't ever forget that. You can reach out to any of us, and we will get a hold of you right now. I mean, it, it's probably within 10 minutes. Middle of the night, okay, I am a pretty sound sleeper. You may have a little trouble, but you can go to Protecting the Guardian. Hopefully somebody will reach out to you. We have a resource page on, on, and, and, on and the and, and download those apps where you can immediately talk to somebody who can help you. At and work. not just for you, but for your brother. Absolutely. Or sister. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's all first responders in, in right. military also. Yes. So let's not oh, forget, there you go. Let's not forget our firefighters. Let's forget our military. Dispatchers. Our EMS, a dispatch, crime scene. It's We're one big family when it comes to that. Yeah. We're, we're really one, one big Man, family. Man, that's yeah. fantastic. Good stuff. Mark, Jeff, I can't thank you guys enough for being here on the show tonight. It means a lot. I know this is a subject that we really needed to cover. And you guys being the experts that you are, I wanted to get you in here. Jeff didn't say a whole lot, but he's been like that his whole career. <laughs> Until you get him started. And then all I can well, tell you is... Well, the bourbon, so I'm a little surprised. Yeah. Yeah. All I can tell you is, look out once you get him started. Wait for the next show. Yeah. Wait for the next show. More than I love it. All right. Hey, these guys are going to join us for the next show. They have been so gracious as to volunteer to come in for the next show. So we hope you tune in. Guys, please like or subscribe down below. It really helps us out a lot. We really appreciate each and every one of you. And just remember, at Surviving the Badge, we, we still, still got, got your, your six. Life.